0: The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy.
1: And hello, everybody. Welcome to The Open Door. This is the online voice of The Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and... Where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher.
2: And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett.
1: Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Well, today we're kind of doing one of those, uh, you know, backed by popular demand shows. <laughs> uh, we got some emails when we did our show, um, well, a couple months ago on Ever Wondered, you know, those questions, Ever Wondered Why This or That Happens, uh, Ever Wondered Why... Some people are born rich and some are born poor or some are healthy when they smoke and drink and others are sickly and they live a perfectly healthy life. And in the classic one, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, we're going to explore this area again today. And I just thought I'd throw it out to the panel. Mm -hmm. See, uh, you know, ever wondered anything in particular? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well uh, one of the things we just chatted about uh, Sydney and I before we went on the air was um, d- did you ever wonder what why America is considered to be something special is there anything special well, about we America we why we're special. Yeah. Um, and it can kind of lead into a couple of different areas here because we talk about America uh, and then we say you know it's not specific what we're saying to this geographical land but it's it's representative of more more than that. Well, well,
3: it's interesting, you know, if you take the letters from America and you arrange them, it spells the I am race. That's right. (laughs) And of course, America is both North America and South America. But in terms of the United States, I mean, there's hardly any country in the world that evokes so much praise and so much criticism, if you will. And the United States, there's two countries on this planet that are sponsored by the Great White Brotherhood. One is the United States and the other is India. And India because of their strong spiritual heritage. So America has a sponsorship. That doesn't mean that everything the government of the United States does (laughs) is supported by the ascended masters. And I think we'd all agree in that. And it doesn't mean that only people that live in America are sponsored. The I am race live in every country upon this planet. But the the masters needed a place. And America was set aside for a very long period of time, was preserved so they could be for this grand experiment. And we talked, Terry, about... Who lives in America now? Well, for the most part, it's the re-embodiment of the 12 tribes of Israel. That's right. Uh, This is the new Israel, so to speak, which has been referred to that way. Also, uh, re-embodied Atlanteans are here. And one of the reasons for that is because of the technology. There's a lot of people that made um, some not-so-good karma on Atlantis Mm -hmm. using technology. That's putting it nicely. Including genetic (laughs) engineering, you know, half man, half beast, all the things of mythology. Right. Well, um, they had to come back in a time when the same technology was available. To, to face that karma again right. so, so you can see there's a lot going on here and again I, I, when I say America is special it's a sponsored nation that doesn't mean everything America does is sponsored because clearly you know, there's fallen angels in America just as there are in every country but think of what this planet would be if America was not here you know Who would hold back some of the tyrannical forces on this planet? Mm-hmm. And, and I think I want to add one more thing I, since you started me on this, Terry. Yeah. You know, People talk about the American Revolution, how unique it was in history. And I've read a lot of books on that in the comments. How did it happen that all these very unique and creative and powerful individuals came together at one time and one place? Well, the answer is that because it was planned. It's been planned for
2: thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. They, they all they all embodied at a particular time. They were time, scheduled to they, embody that. And many female uh, or omega uh, embodied in, in masculine form so that they could all be you know these these masculine leaders yeah and so it was no coincidence and of course George Washington was sponsored anointed by St Germain
3: and so America does have a divine destiny that's not limited to this geographical area but it's important because of the strength and so forth and and I got to add one more thing here America <laughs> is very vulnerable today because of what they have allowed to go on within this country that's right and and the number one thing would be abortion yeah uh, so even though it's a sponsored nation,
2: America will not be protected because of that karma until we do something about that. And I know a lot of people wonder, uh, why are there so many, so many people that, are, that have gathered here? from. And if you look at it from the 12 tribes, people can do their research and they can see, oh, yeah, they're all here. As a matter of fact, they're highly concentrated in Manhattan, which is right there where at the edge of Atlantis. Well, Manhattan was actually the site of a temple
3: on Atlantis, the yeah. Temple of the Sun, mm-hmm. which was uh, the, the hierarchy, Will, or the person in charge of that was the person that now fills the role of the goddess of liberty <laughs> and, of course, who has her statue in New York Harbor. Yeah, so really. it's a, if, it, the deeper you get into these things, and then this leads to one more thing, and then we got to go to another question. You know, <laughs> know. A Never. lot of the Christians think of Israel, people of Israel, as being the God's chosen people. And, of course, there's light bearers in Israel, but the 12 tribes, most of them aren't there. They're in America and some places in England and other places, but for the right. most part, they're concentrated in America. So this is the re-embodiment of ancient Israel right here.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's,
1: it's this is fascinating. And I think, uh, you know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you won't hear this anywhere else, I don't think. <laughs> um, you know, it raises a corollary. The question is, you know, why are we born where we're born? And we look at some of the strife that's going on in the Middle East right now. We know that there are uh, parties to that con- constant conflict they keep re-embodying there in order to finally have an opportunity to balance it or to you know overcome it, whatever. But,
3: but the problem, you know, Tom, is what happens? They get a momentum. It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Exactly. They carry their hatred, their desire for revenge from one embodiment to the next. And if they don't do anything about it, all it does is build. Well, but the question, I think, uh, yes. And the,
1: the reason for my question is that there is a karmic equation here that kind of, Makes it certain that you're going to be re-embodying where you have the greatest degree of karma to balance. Right. So if that's happened to be in the Middle East, well, then that conflict is your conflict, and your karma is intrinsically tied to that. The karma of being an American is quite a, number, a different thing. You're talking about the twelve tribes, mm-hmm. talking about you know the the Atlanteans coming back to again balance, perhaps, or just have the opportunity to balance their karma. So America becomes a place like any place else is a cauldron. It's a it's a it's a place to balance karma.
2: Yeah, and it's and it's like uh, uh groups that come together within a family. I mean, they they've come same together, thing. same thing, they've got karma to balance, and they might those same four or five siblings might come back and back and back, you know, until they get some stuff worked out. Or 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 the story of a, a couple
3: that had been married in the hundreds of times oh my because they had never balanced resolve their karma. So they had to keep getting married lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Okay. So that's an incentive to resolve your karma one way or the other.
2: Cody, oh, to you again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Don't get so mad about the dirty socks on the floor. Jeez, I'll put
1: the seat down.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, so we're we ready to move on? Well, yeah. I, yeah, of course
1: we are ready to move on. I think one of the things that has come up in this conversation, did in the past show, it did just now again, I wasn't being too subtle about it, is that karma is a key player in all of these ever-wondered situations. If you look at it, why do bad things happen to good people? Right. It's karma. Yeah. You know, so as we answer these questions, as we kind of wonder about them, you don't have to wonder too hard, yeah. you know. that. you understand that.
3: Well, in fact, that relates to one question I had, I wrote down, you know, can karma affect weather? No, good. And, of course, we're preparing, I don't know, uh, in this country, I guess around the world for an uh, El Nino uh, situation where the warm water in the Pacific. Mm. In fact, I saw last night that there were, uh, I think, three active hurricanes in the Pacific Ocean, and that has, at this time, this never happened before in history. Yeah. So oh the, the short answer is weather is absolutely affected by karma. And why do we have these extremes? Why is there an extreme drought in California in the West right now? Why are other things extreme? It's because of karma. You know, I remember when Katrina, we just celebrated mm-hmm. the 10th anniversary of that, it's that ugh. terrible storm that hit. New, New Orleans, Orleans yeah. that just about destroyed it and at the time one of the the Christians I forget who it was came out and said well this is because of the sins of the people and they laughed at him you know they said that's ridiculous this is just pure science well you know ironically he was he was actually right it was a result of forces put into motion of course New Orleans has for a long time been a center of Voodoo, black like magic, magic, and yeah. witchcraft. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the misuse of God's energy. Doesn't mean that everybody's bad there. But it, you know, there's a place in the Bible that says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So when karma karma comes, it comes. It's not Dad. Excuse me. It's not God sending <laughs> forth the lightning bolt. It's the return of energy that has been sent out. And and so that's the same as earthquakes as well. So the masters have repu- totally excuse me, have repeatedly told us, we can mitigate the effect of bad weather or hurricanes by the use of the violet flame or even earthquakes. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, you know, yes, it's karma, but we can do something about it. But if we don't do anything about it, it's going to come in the, in the full brunt of things. Yep. And, you know, and people have asked, why hasn't California, why have they survived this long? Especially if you know what's going on <laughs> in California, I would ask that question myself. You know, I don't know the answer to that, except I know there's a lot of people in California that give the violet flame. And perhaps that stayed the hand, but it's yeah. going to come at some point if if we don't do it. And so,
2: everything is our accountability, whether individually or collectively. Yeah. And you know, uh, being uh, being in a drought situation is a is a water karma, and so that's the, that's the emotional body, emotional of, body the, yeah. of the four quadrants. Yeah. So there's something going on there, you know.
1: Well, you know, we 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 are as we're doing now, talking about karma as as a key component in the equation of what happens to us and you know all these ever wonder questions are going to have a piece of that reincarnation kind of goes hand in hand with karma and i was thinking about this question of ever wonder why some people are born rich and some people are, are born poor or they're in their lifetime just abundance seems to elude them and one of the thoughts that occurred to me was well in a past life perhaps they had been abundant and they lost that abundance in a violent fashion they have a memory of having had and then suddenly having it ripped away and so So now, in this current lifetime, they don't want the abundance again because of what it could lead to. So that there's this almost instinctive relationship established by their past life experience and karma that says, you know, I'm going to protect you from abundance. Now, you may want it on the surface, but underneath there's part of me that goes, no, if I have abundance, I'm going to get violently murdered.
3: But you know what? The other part of that Uh is if you haven't, you know, if you haven't handled abundance correctly, yes, you may have poverty in the next embodiment. Or you may get it one more time to try and pass your test. Because if you don't, um, you know, again, you build momentums the wrong yeah. way. But, you know, you mentioned that about the karma. And I remember one story Mrs. Prophet told when she was talking about some past embodiments of famous people. And she said on Atlantis, um, Henry Ford was embodied there. Mm-hmm. And he invented this, it uh, was like an uh, airplane that was like our cars or something. I don't know what this was the Model the, A. Yeah, the, whatever it was. <laughs> and basically the government took it from him and took the idea and everything else and didn't pay for him. So he was denied that abundance, so he came back in his lifetime as Henry Ford mm-hmm. and, of course, became mega rich because it was, it was owed him, so to speak. Oh, yeah. yeah. So karma is, you know, is fascinating. But even so, you know, abundance is really a two-edged
2: sword. If you don't know how to use it, it can be very detrimental to your soul. And, and some good souls will accumulate a tremendous amount of money and then do really good things with it, too. So that's a very good karma.
1: Well, good things that don't have ego attached to them, perhaps. right.
2: Right, and they don't need their name on a chair or a statue or a statue, or a, statue. <laughs> or a brick, yeah you know, I, a number <laughs> of years ago, I read
3: something it was in u s a today, <clears throat> excuse me about they asked rich people what would they be willing to give up for a real genuine spiritual experience, and it was somewhere between eighty five and ninety percent of them said they would give up their entire abundance yeah. oh to my have gosh. That. isn't that interesting Yes, so obviously money doesn't buy buy happiness, but it's certainly
2: convenient <laughs> to have, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, as a musician, I, I remember having people come up to me and say, "You know, I, I'd give anything to be able to play the guitar and sing like you do." You know, because they just they just kind of admire that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, not that I was particularly good, but they just they just admired that in someone else. You know, oh, they'd be willing to give up a lot of what they have. To say it,
1: it, on that check, just it's T E R R Y. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, okay. Um, Ever wondered how time goes by so fast on these shows? (laughs) I did. Oh, my gosh. Well, here we are um, fast on a break already. Let's take that break now. And when we come back, we'll talk more about ever wondered questions. So please stay with us. The
0: Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
4: At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self.
5: For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you, everyone, for staying
1: with us. You're listening to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse. And today we're talking about those ever-wondered questions, ever-wondered why people are healthier or not or whatever. Anyway... We are covering a lot of ground today because there is uh, a, a, a threads that connect these kinds of experiences. And whenever we're talking about Ever Wondered, as you probably know, if you've listened to us for any length of time, we talk about those questions that are basic to the spiritual quest to the why am I here? Who am I? Where am I going? How do I get there? And a lot of times we come up against questions that we can't seem to answer. You ever wondered why, in fact, I think you were talking about this, Sid. Ever wondered why Certain saints happened to be where they were or why they were able to act as they did, or in, in your case, if you have that question in your list there, why why Mother Mary was chosen to be the
3: the mother of Jesus? I know huh? you think about it here, the most um, blessed mother, you know, mm-hmm. in all history for for the most part. And was she just a simple little peasant girl from, mm-hmm. from Nazareth, you know, that had a, that had a pure heart? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we're led to believe. And yet what the Ascended Masters teaches on her is so much more profound and so much deeper and so much more expansive that it gives us a, 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 a view of how God works, mm-hmm. you know. And, and um, in Mother's Mary, Mother Mary's case, she is, first of all, she's the twin flame or the archaea of the fifth ray of Archangel Raphael. So she was the queen of the angels, even before she, so to speak, took embodiment. She appeared before Alpha and Omega, which is the father and mother God. And they told her that she had been chosen to go forth to embody on planet Earth, even though she was already an archangel, Archae, as they call them, mm-hmm. and be the mother of Jesus. But it wasn't just for that embodiment. She had a number of embodiments. In and preparation. In preparation. She embodied on Atlantis, and she was a, a priestess of the sacred fire there. Um, we know she also was the mother of David which was an embodiment of Jesus. So she was the the mother of Jesus even before he was Jesus, you know, in preparation <laughs> for it. And I don't know uh, any other embodiments, but I'm probably safe to assume there were some. So when she became born to be the mother of Jesus, she was well prepared. It just didn't, quote, happen, unquote. right? And so... I think this is a beautiful story because it says God has to plan in it in advance. You know, he has to move his chess pieces, so to speak, and make sure people are placed there and there. They can be embodied, but they have the training. They have all these things. And so you can see it's a grand, uh, great organization in heaven um, that comes together to make things happen. It's like we talked about America and all these people being embodied at the same time. So you're planning ahead, so to speak, that God does that. And I think it's, it, it makes it realize that, yeah, we got to do the work too. It's not just going to happen because we want it to happen. We have to plan and organize. And one other little thing that always fascinated me is Archangel Gabriel told us that when he came to do the annunciation to mm-hmm. Mother Mary, that she was going to be the mother of Jesus, that he practiced that. Oh, and, and I thought that, wasn't that interesting? I mean, who would think that an archangel would have to practice anything? Can't they do everything <laughs> perfect first time? But isn't that fascinating? I love that. And, and so it just shows you when we get to heaven by God's grace and hopefully make our ascension, you know, we're still going to be working hard. We're still going to be learning things. We're going to be experimenting. And God's going to still give us assignments that are, that are tough ones. Yep. Yes. And thank God, because wouldn't we get bored otherwise? I think so. <laughs>
1: well, you know, it's funny that, that he, there, there are no accidents. Nothing is happenstance. As you said, You know, even God plans. Yeah, I, I find it just fascinating. And I, I've, I've never actually wondered about that until you brought it up. But now that you do, you have to wonder about everything that happens. I mean, that there's a certain, I, I don't want to say predestined because I know that free will kind of trumps predestination. But when you plan, you have to plan for the eventuality that somebody might throw a wrench in your plan, which is make a free will choice that is not necessarily in line with what it is that, you can foresee. Well, look. You know.
3: Let's go back to the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. If you read the history of the American Revolution, I mean, it was it was it was not a slam dunk, as they say. No, it, there were time and time again when it was just a, a breath away from failing. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know these because everybody has free will. God, it may have been God's will for there to be United States of America, but it but it didn't necessarily mean it was going to happen unless people came together did what they need to do. I mean, Washington's been known as the indispensable man. If he hadn't been there, if he said, look, I've had enough of this, I'm going back to Mount Vernon, Mm -hmm. it never would have happened. And proof of this is that St. Germain, uh, after his ascension... Physically appeared in Europe for over 100 years as Le de Saint-Germain. Mm-hmm. And he, the wonder man. The wonder man of Europe. Mm-hmm. And this is documented historically. Voltaire wrote about him. It's not a myth. that we could, They knew he, he, he was living. He was, he was the man that never dies. He was trying to create a United States of Europe, and he failed. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he failed, but the people that needed to come together to do things didn't do their part. So you can see it was
2: their destiny, but they, they blew it. And there was all this divine intervention with uh, with uh, Washington in particular. I think there was a sharpshooter Indian who refused to continue shooting at this man on this horse because he knew that he'd hit him. He aimed and hit, 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 and they found holes in his uh, in his garments. Yeah. And he couldn't. And he said, "I'm not, I'm not going to shoot that guy anymore. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's something special. He's got some powerful medicine." But but
3: I think, and it wasn't just him. Obviously, it was a whole group of people. Right. So it it makes our individual accountability much greater. Yeah. And and so and again that comes back. I got to put a dig in for this, for the use of the science of the spoken word, for the violet flame, for the calls to Archangel Michael that will affect world events. You know, you have a maybe have a very humble job in a very little city and you're unimportant quote unquote in the eyes of the world, but by the use of the science of the spoken word, by invoking light from heaven and violet flame, you can impact this entire planetary body. And if we got tens of thousands and millions
2: of people giving the violet flame, we'd, you, we'd be in a golden age in the blink of an eye. Yep. And you know, uh, Guy Ballard, who, who was a reincarnation of George Washington, had millions of people giving the violet flame back in the 30s mm-hmm. and the 40s. And uh, which, which begs the question, how come more people haven't been doing the violet flame? You know, I mean, it's been well,
1: around for 70 or 80 years. And that's a never wondered question. You know, yeah. where, where has it been?
2: Right. I you mean, know, we, we feel like we're just kind of a closed camp here with this thing, but we know that it's gotten out there. Well, you know, I think part of it is it. Does, people are very
3: afraid to encompass or embrace anything that doesn't come through the traditional uh, orthodox channels. Orthodox channels, yeah, you know, right. and they were brought up that way, and whatever it was, or even they brought up as you know atheists, maybe I don't know. But it's it's a very narrow vision for the world. But it, it's uh, it's interesting because I was just talking about the. Um, by the Flame and so forth, we have a book which we've talked to before which is called The Masters and Their Retreats, which great, is a great fascinating book. It talks about all the ascended That's masters we wonderful. know about and about their retreats on the etheric plane, and it's just full of incredible details. But anyway, I was reading this one about Cardinal Bonzano who lived in Chicago and was um, a, a very senior. He was a prelude of the Roman Catholic Church for many years, very devoted to God. Now, he made his ascension, and it says here in meditation he would see the violet flame. So here you've got someone, and he probably didn't know where it was, you know, what it was exactly. Right. But we've got someone from a Catholic Catholic church background, but Mm -hmm. his devotion and love were so great, God brought him the violet flame, and he also was able to make his ascension because of his love and devotion. So um, the fact that the violet flame has not been embraced by the world's religions doesn't mean it doesn't work. Um, In fact, maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe organized, being afraid of losing a certain amount of power. You know, do we really want to empower every person? Then they won't need us. No, I don't know. That, that could, that I could think be. That's yeah. the key.
1: I mean, yeah. I think the violet flame empowers it, it, to, to not to find a point on it. That's really what we do when we do the violet flame. We do decrees. We incorporate it into our meditation. We're focusing a very high frequency spiritual energy, which is very powerful in places where we want it to go. And that means ultimately to our victory.
3: Well, And that's why the Ascended Masters teach the one-on-one relationship with God. In other words, we have accountability. No one's going to do it for us. We have to prime the pump ourselves into devotion, our love, and our service, and God will respond. But it's not, you know, it's not your local minister or priest. And and not that they aren't needed. It can't be a help, obviously. But it's this one-on-one relationship with God, which is so important and so vital for our own personal path and our ascension. Yeah.
1: You know, you brought up at the beginning of this segment, we were talking about Mother Mary and the fact that she is an archei, um, you know, an archangel. Ever wondered if you're an angel, if you're a, a reembodied angel, or you know, you've heard people say about a little child, "Oh, he's such an angel."
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I've kind of wondered that. You know, yeah. I mean, we have we have many many uh, types of souls embodied here. We have angels, elementals, mankind, and we're all kind of a hodgepodge of uh, of of beings, so yeah. to speak.
3: You know, that I remember once Mrs. Prophet was giving a lecture, and she looked out of the congregation. She said, she was talking about angels, and she said, you know, looking out at you, I, she said, one-third of you are angels yeah. embodied. Oh, my God. Well, how do the angels get embodiment? Because they volunteer. They don't normally get embodiment if everything's going fine, but they saw the plight of Earth, and they volunteered mm-hmm. to take embodiment to help the people of Earth. And I remember this, the Ascended Master, Afra who uh, is a sponsor of the African continent, of the people of Africa, he said Africa is full of angels that (laughs) have embodied to try and help the people. And unfortunately, what happens sometimes is is what happened to us in a certain extent. They embody and they forget who they are. They start making karma and they get, you know, then they got to keep coming back until they balance the karma. But they have so much love for the people and service that they come. And you could, sometimes you look at somebody, like you're saying, Tom, mm. that person looks like an angel. Yeah, I, I mean, I see some of these uh, pilots, you know, in the, in the U S military. And I mean, you could almost see the wings behind them sometimes, you know, <laughs> and of course, Archangel Michael's angels come forth for defense and freedom and so yeah. forth. You find them in the police departments and so forth. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of angels uh, embodied on this planet.
1: Well, and we also know that the fallen angels took embodiment here too. And those are the opposition.
3: Yes, you know. So and we buy their fruits; you shall know them.
2: And, and, and one of my ever wonders regarding the uh, the fallen angels is, why is it so hard for a fallen angel to bend the knee and serve the Christ? Five letters begins with P. Pride. Yeah, and that's all it is, basically, <laughs> what it isn't is. it? Yep. That's I mean, so, so amazing.
3: Lucifer was a very high archangel, right up next to God. Yeah. You know. And God says to him, you've got to bow down to my sons and daughters. And he says, what? <laughs> Me? No Those, way. <laughs> you know, I'm an archangel, you know. Well, that was his fall, of course. And, um, yeah, the, the psychology of the fallen angels is hard to understand. But what happens again, they have created so much negativity, they build such a momentum of darkness and hatred that eventually it consumes them. But until they're gone, they can be a very powerful force for darkness. Now, now some of them
1: have been restored. And I think that's a never wondered. we can save for the beginning of my next segment oh good that's a a nice one I wanted to go there too okay so we'll uh, so the question that Terry's put out there is ever wondered if the fallen angels can be restored have any of them been restored so let's kind of leave it hanging there we'll take a (laughs) quick break we'll come back and uh, hopefully give you a good solid answer to that question so please stay with us
0: meaning and inspiration to your life this is the voice america seventh wave channel
6: right now all over the world warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with god these spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame and though few the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man
0: on The Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thanks for staying
1: with us, everyone. You are listening to The Open Door, and today... We're doing our best to answer those ever-wondered questions, and one of the questions that came up at the end of the last segment was talking about angels, and particularly the fallen angels, and whether or not any of them have been restored to their original estate, and if there's, if some have been, if there's many, who knows, because we know that approximately one-third of the angelic hosts did fall, that's a big number, so you want to take that one, Terry?
2: Well, I I don't know that I necessarily know the answer to that. Um, I do know that. Well, there are some restored angels. We we do know that some have been restored. Yeah, and how many? Um, I don't know, but, you know, we talked about the word pride as being the main (laughs) stumbling block for these angels, why they can't get over it. Um, So how how, how did they get through that pride situation? Well, you know, well, Terry, one of the teachings we've had is that Angels are <clears throat> followers.
3: Yes. And so they're very obedient to those that are their hierarchs or their supervisors or whatever. So how did a third of the angels go? Well, it's very simple. Once Lucifer went, then his subordinates were loyal to him, so they went. And the subordinates subordinates right down the line till you get the, I don't know if there's common angels, but everybody the did with, ins- what, their, what uh-huh. their hierarch told them to do, so to speak. Right. And so that's why a third of them went. And again, um, we have been told that some have bent the knee and come back, mm. but my sense of it is it's not a large number. Yeah, it's yeah. probably
1: not a large number. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know that from what I've read, sometimes the angels who are going to what we call the second death, where they are, they refuse to bend the knee, they refuse to acknowledge the Christ, um, that they have been given opportunity 10,000 times, more maybe. Yeah. You know, so many times, and the further down the road they get, the harder it is for them to turn around and come back. That, yeah. that For them, that conversion is Virtually impossible.
3: Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they become the negativity that yeah. they practice for so long. You know, I always used to wonder, well, you know, like Lucifer and Satan and all these. You know, why has God let them stick around so long? You know, I mean, obviously they've, look at what they've done, the horrible things and the destruction of mankind. <clears throat> and the answer to that, you know, when, <clears throat> when they left off from their state in heaven, they had a certain momentum of light. I mean, you can imagine Lucifer as an archangel and a very senior one, how much light he had oh in his causal God. body. So he took that with him. Now he didn't get it get it, you know, God stopped giving any more light, but the, some of these fallen angels have such a momentum of light that even to this day they're still physically very attractive, they seem very powerful, seem they live a long time, you know, and they may be intrinsically, you know, very evil, but there's a certain God gives them a certain opportunity based on how long or how much light they had when they fell. And um, it seems longer than most of us would have given them. Let's put it that way. But again, we have free will in how we respond, and, and a corollary of that is, well, you know, why did they come to Earth? You know, what do we do to deserve that, so to speak? Well, there was an opening of rebellion within the Earth at the time Lucifer fell, fell, and that's how they got to take embodiment. So again, it's karma. So we can't rail at God. It was our karma collectively that allowed them even to get into this planet. Well,
1: and they would say, we will not serve man. Therefore, we will destroy him or his opportunity to gain light. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: I, I used to kind of explain it to people on an X, Y axis, like a graph. And so you've got this line that's going up, and then it reaches a point uh, at, at which, say, Lucifer fell. Okay, well, the same length before it comes down and touches the baseline again is what is what he has, and so, his judgment does not occur until he reaches that point, that baseline.
1: Well, now we know that both Lucifer and Satan have been judged.
2: Yeah.
3: They, right.
1: have, they have gone to the second death, and other, other uh, the great archangels have as well.
3: Yeah, I, although there seems like there's always somebody willing to take their place. <laughs> I know there's um, <laughs> In fact, we got a letter, which I'm going to respond to, to, about someone who wrote in about Jesus being called by another name, and I won't say the name now, but... Um, you know, that we've been taught that that is a false hierarchy and of Jesus. In other words, it's a fallen angel that pretends he's Jesus mm-hmm. and he does, you know, take people in by that. So, oh, you know, you got to really be able to read vibration and so forth um, because the fallen angels are pretty sly. But, you know, God has given us this tool set to deal with them and God is greater because Archangel Michael threw him out of heaven. They didn't beat Archangel Michael, but that's why we do have to be be prudent in terms of calling forth protection from the angels and, you know, because these are energies that we're dealing with on planet Earth.
1: We said it before, you said it last segment, you know, by their fruits shall ye know them. Yeah. If you don't have the discernment that you need to
3: differentiate between the false and the true, Pray for it. And because sometimes these fallen ones can be very subtle. Oh, yeah. And they can come across as very good and very loving and on, on, and on. Well,
1: surely you shall not die. Yeah,
3: you know, and <laughs> and so you have to be very careful, you know. And, of course, they'll try and get your sympathy. Oh, God kicked us out of heaven, you know. We're not really so bad.
2: We're just like you. Yeah, really. Yeah,
3: you, sympathy you, you, for you, the you can
1: understand how it was for us.
2: <laughs> and, you know, for our listeners that, that want to know, how do they protect themselves from these energies and these beings and these fallen angels? We have some real basic, uh, like we've got the heart, head, and hand decrees, which, oh, yeah. is, which is very simple. You get a chance to do your little tuba light. You give some forgiveness and you give some healing and some transfiguration. It's just, there's, it doesn't take but a, a, a couple of minutes to give the heart, head, and hand decrees. But if you do that every morning, then you've got this protection, uh, which, which is like, and I used to explain it to people. It's like, and it was explained this way to me. It's like standing, it's like putting a, a, a candle in the, down into a milk bottle. And so you set that milk bottle in a, in a pan of water, and that candle is not going to go out. You are protected with your tube of light.
3: Oh, yeah. You know, can I just tell a quick story? And this is a, a, a relatively true. mundane
1: story. Well, be, before you do, l- l- let me give people a link to a free book, okay. for the Violet Flame. Since you brought it up, okay, just go to www.tsl.org/violetflamebook. It's a free download. Take it with our compliments. Yeah. Violet Flame book. Tsl.org/violetflamebook. Violet Flame Book. Now, sorry to interrupt you, Well, you know,
3: in terms of Archangel Michael and how important he is for our protection that we need him. And, for instance, we always do a prayer to Archangel Michael when we get in our cars Mm -hmm. or any transportation for that matter. Um, Silently, obviously, if there's people around you. But in our car, we always pray. And, of course, every morning we give our devotions to Archangel Michael. Well, I took my family and another family and we went down to uh, the Grand Teton National Park, which is about, I don't know, Hmm. 100 miles south of here approximately. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the day we we're coming back, but it's a very it's a long drive because you go through Yellowstone Park and so forth. We we're going to relieve there leave there, and it seemed like nothing went right. Everything took <laughs> yeah. a lot longer than, than we it was supposed to. And I had to get gas, and there was a problem with the gas thing, and it took me like 20 minutes to get gas instead of five <laughs> minutes. And I'm getting frustrated, you know, this is, we're losing time and so forth. And I get the gas, I'm about ready to go, and all of a sudden this big garbage truck comes along <laughs> yeah. and is literally in front of me. You can't go. And it's emptying the, this big garbage thing. Well, it <laughs> takes them 10 minutes to do that, you know. So I'm kind of sitting there getting fuming, fuming. And I heard this voice in my head, I said, this delay is for a purpose. And, you know, as soon as I heard that, and this is what God will do. He'll, he'll manage where you are at a particular <laughs> time. Anyway, on our way home, all of a sudden, a two-lane road, the traffic came to a complete stop. And when we got up there, a huge truck, I mean a huge one, had turned over. And, you know, it was a really bad accident. And I thought to myself, Archangel Michael knew in advance because of certain energies that there was going to be something happening. Mm-hmm. And maybe I would have been right behind that truck. And so they delayed me so I wouldn't be there. You know, it seems like a minor yeah. thing. But wouldn't you like to have that in your life when you've got the angels watching out for you? Oh boy. And they will. All you have to do is ask them.
2: We had, we had a very similar situation. We were getting ready to come back from Alberta. And we had this delay. All of a sudden, this neighbor from across the street came over, and we got all engaged in conversation. And we ended up being 15 or 20 minutes late. But sure enough, we head out of, head out of Edmonton, and there had been a vehicle that crossed over the freeway, and there were fatalities. Yeah, And we were just about that far behind, that 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Oh, it's amazing. And I'm and getting I, chills right now just, just telling <laughs> the story. You know, Terry, that— it's it's it, God doesn't all, God wants us to be safe,
3: okay? Yes, we have karma and we have karmic vulnerabilities that, you know, like the law of gravity, but we have free will and we can do something to mitigate or eliminate those, okay? Right. And that God doesn't want us to have these things happen to us, but we have to use the tools he has given us and learning how to invoke the presence and protection of Archangel Michael for you and your family, for your nation and for people on this planet is one of the most important things you can do. And, you know, go to Archangel Michael on our website. There's a decree to him, a simple prayer, Lord Michael before, Lord Michael behind, Lord Michael the right, Lord Michael the left, Michael above, Lord Michael below, Lord Michael, Michael wherever I go. I am his love protecting here. I am his love protecting here. I am his love protecting here. Can't remember that one? Archangel Michael, help me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh,
1: (laughs) we we were taxiing uh, airport, I think it was Salt Lake City, and I'm leaning against my arm, my watch hand with my finger plugging my ear and I'm speaking quietly to myself doing the Archangel Michael Protection Matrix. And this little boy leans across the aisle and he goes, are you a sky marshal? <laughs> I thought I was talking to my phone. I said, no, but I work I work for him. His, his name is Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, but you know, but you're absolutely right. We have to be active participants in our salvation. And whether or not we know it, we are protected when we ask for that protection. And it may not take a form that we necessarily approve of if we're being <laughs> kept in a gas station for half an hour, but eventually the reason for that, you know, does occur. I've been, I've been stalled 10 seconds, and literally something happened 10 seconds yeah. ahead on the, on the highway. But,
3: you know, talking about quick. calling the angels, I was reading this when we talked to George Washington, America, and so forth. There's a teaching about... Um, the mighty blue eagle from Syria.
1: Yes, the flame formation. And the mighty
3: blue eagle make, is made up of blue lightning angels and they have very specific purpose, very powerful. And um, the story is told when uh, George Washington was praying in the, on his knees in Valley Forge, when he, he prayed for help, it actually brought instantaneous response from this huge band of angels from Syria. So they immediately came to his attention, uh, to his help, and the teaching has been given that we would not, a prevailing the revolution without those angels. What if he hadn't prayed for them? Wow. You see, so it cha- when you invoke angels, you can be looking at the news in Syria and where these, these horrendous things happening. Archangel Michael, go forth to Syria this day and protect God's children as much as possible. You know, it may not resolve things immediately, but it will make a difference and you give the angels authority to act and they cannot act unless you give them authority because it's the law of octaves. And so if we want God to intercede, we have to ask him to in his angels.
1: You know, we're coming up again on a break, amazingly how fast this is going. But there's two issues that have been raised in this last segment that I'd like to continue with when we come back from break. One of them is the fact that we can command angels. We have that authority to command angels. And the other is looking at whether our prayers are answered in the way we think they're supposed to be answered or not, you know what I mean? Ever wondered why some prayers are answered and some aren't? Well, there's obviously a reason for that. And uh, we'll discuss why some prayers are answered in a way that we can perceive and why perhaps they're not, but they are answered. And also we'll talk about the other thing I just mentioned. Okay. Those angels. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we'll be back in a very short moment. So please stay with us and... uh, Join us for our last segment on Ever Wondered Questions. Thank you.
0: The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. on The Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show.
1: Uh, Well, thanks for staying with us, everyone. You are listening to The Open Door, we're talking about those questions that everybody asks. Ever wondered why? Well, one of the questions that gets asked quite frequently is, why do some people have their, their healing prayers
3: answered and others don't? Boy, and it, it, that's, that's <laughs> most people have asked that question, yeah. I think. And, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, first and foremost is prayers are always answered. They may, may not be answered in the timing that, that we envision, but I think it goes even deeper than that. When something manifests in the physical, it's sort of the last you know, part of the equation. We have essentially four bodies and beginning etheric, um, emotional, mental, and then physical. So when something gets in the physical, it's gone through those other three bodies. So it's not just symptoms that need to be cured. It's the cause of the disease that has to be cured. That could be a karmic situation. It could be unresolved psychology. I mean, it's all karma, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so what we ask for is not just to be healed physically, and believe me, we all make that prayer because pain and suffering is no fun, but we need to be healed at the very core of our being. So even if we get, you know, it's a, it's a dispensation, all the medicines we have and so forth that can help us, but unless we go to the core of that, uh, then we're not going to be truly healed. And so it, it's a spiritual equation as well.
1: Do you remember, we talked about this once before, where sometimes it may be the will of God that that disease runs its course And that if you were to circumvent that particular karmic balancing, you might have to do it again in another lifetime or at another time.
3: Well, this is true. I mean, Mm -hmm. some, you know, the masters teach that when you have to have surgery, it is a great way to balance karma. Not that you have unnecessary surgery, but if (laughs) if you're required to have surgery, in some ways it can be a mercy because you're balancing so much karma by Mm -hmm. doing it. Because there always is a karmic equation here. And some people that just look to... Naturally, we want to treat the symptoms if we're in pain and so forth, and that's understandable. Nothing wrong about it. But true healing comes at the very beginning in the etheric body, and you have to cycle through that to get, to get that. There's another part of the healing equation, and that is, you know, if you eat the wrong food, you can't blame God for that. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, if, if you become an alcoholic and you get cirrhosis of the liver, you can't be angry at God because he doesn't heal you. In other words, what we free, do with our free will affects our health as well. And, and so we have to be careful careful there. And then the one other part of this is that sometimes people will bear illnesses for different for reasons. One is, you know, you can't be too prideful if you're suffering, you know. And the Apostle Paul is an example of this. You know, he had a thorn in his side. We don't know what that was. It was some kind of physical ailment. Jesus, please heal me. And Jesus' response was, my grace is sufficient unto thee. In other words, it, whatever it was, Jesus said, you need to bear this. And it certainly kept Paul humble because otherwise, you know, he might have gone a different direction. And then there's one other part of this equation is people will take on world karma. Mm-hmm. And that will manifest as physical illness. Now, so you look at some of these saints. Padre Pio, he was hardly healthy a day in his life, you know, the, 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 and other saints and so forth. But even people, you know, on the spiritual path that aren't in a monastery and so forth, sometimes they will take on karma of the world, and by being sick, you're balancing other people's karma and you're giving them opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, a very high calling. So not every person that is sick is bearing their own karma. And can I just tell that quick story about that baby? Oh, yes. Uh, the, oh yeah. The, this, the, this is, I, I think, very important to keep in perspective. Where, you know, when we try to get designer babies and so forth these days, <laughs> this was a number of years ago. There was a child born in the South someplace. I don't remember where. And this child had Down syndrome and some other major thing I so forth. And the parents didn't want the baby. And so they wanted to, they, just, they were going to let the baby die. And um, Mrs. Prophet was talking about this and she said why didn't someone go in and volunteer to take this soul? And you think well if, he's probably going to die anyway or whatever. But she gave the teaching of this this was a Buddha hmm. who took embodiment and a very defective body to bear world karma. <clears throat> and so who knows how long that child would have lived but it was clearly the divine plan of that child to live and to bear that karma. And it was cut short because it was inconvenient Mm -hmm. to have a baby like that. So, you know, it's the same thing with people getting, um, you know, these genetic things and, you know, checking to see if their baby is good or whether they're going to keep it or not. Well, if your child or your baby has some ailment or some defect, that child needs to have that and you need to be caring for that child. And so that's why we don't, you know, go against things that they're, are unfoldment of, of God's will. And if you could talk to that soul, they would tell you, please let me do this because I have to come in in a, in a compromised body to balance this karma and I can't make spiritual progress without it or someone volunteers to take the pain of the world and who would want to deny them that.
2: Oh. Yeah, and those, and those children, if the child, if the child has a, a a real mental problem, then they're balancing some mental karma if they have an, a particularly bad emotional body, then they're, they're balancing emotional karma from a previous life. If they're, you know, it could it's be any number of things. If they're, if they're uh, cerebral palsy or something like that, it could be just a physical thing. And they want to do it. They just so bad want to do it. And it takes a lot of maturity and love to right. do
3: that. right? But, but, you know, this is when we have a perspective. We have an understanding of the equation on planet Earth, of karma and reincarnation, the evolution of our souls, how we're going to get home to God. It changes the way we see things. It changes the way we live. And if enough people, even just an understanding of karma, people aren't going to go on these karma-making binges when they think, well, what's what does it matter? I'm already doomed anyway, or so forth, you know? Yeah. And, and so... It just would change everything if people had this protective understanding and how we treat each other. Well, nobody knows, you know, so I'll get away with this. Well, nobody gets away with anything in this cosmos, I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> we, do, we don't escape our karma. Yeah. Well, you know, as we're kind of coming close to the end of the program, I want to kind of recap this a little bit because we're talking about things that, you know, are, we're curious as to why things happen. Um, I know in my own life that there have been times when I've been tempted to get angry at God because things didn't happen the way I wanted them to happen. And as we're looking at these ever-wondered questions, there really are a couple of things that we want to keep in mind. One of them is we're just talking about the will of God. The other is that our life stream needs to balance karma in order to continue our, our eventual ascension. And we recognize that we have choice so that whatever is happening in our lives, that we're in the best place our karma can put us in. So if we look at all these questions that we may have about why things happen, like, again, you know, the, why do bad things happen to good people? Why are some healthy and some sick? Why are some poor and why are some rich, et cetera? Whatever the case may be, there are reasons there that are uh, quantifiable. They're understandable if we look at it from the standpoint of karma, free will, and the will of God. And if we can always remember that when we're looking at situations, we can change how we feel about them. For one thing, we can say thank you when an opportunity arises in our lives to confront something that's hard to deal with, we can rail against God and say, why me, Lord? Or thank you for this opportunity to balance karma. Thank you for this opportunity to get under my psychology. Thank you for this opportunity to grow.
3: You know? And, and, and what's, what's so exciting about knowing that is because we have the violet flame, You know, some things we'll have to experience in the physical because that's the only way we'll learn our lesson. But the violet flame will mitigate karma. Mm-hmm. It will reduce the intensity of it. And in some cases, eliminate it. You know, if, we, if we've already learned that lesson, we don't need to learn it again. And so, the violet flame can actually transmute that karma and repolarize that energy. So, the things that we have to experience, you can go to work on. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, karma is a law like gravity. It's not God getting even, okay? <laughs> it's just the return of energy. It's an energy flow thing. Yeah. So, this is what is the, the, the miracle of this violet flame if we will embrace it and use it. And with this other knowledge, that is how, ladies and gentlemen, St. <laughs> Germain can tell us we can make our ascension in one life, or if, it's, if we're quite advanced in years, in the next one. So this is why we're excited about these teachings.
1: Indeed. And anybody can use this information. This is not special. You don't have to join anybody. Yeah, you don't have to become part of a religion. Uh, this is something you can to work with. In fact, any Spiritual discipline can be augmented with a violet flame,
2: and, and the most simple violet flame mantra is, "I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires." You can give that all day long, <laughs> so and it'll do. work.
3: Yeah, it's like like the rosary, you know. I um, mean, you give the Hail Marys. I mean, Padre Pio used to have one hand in his in his. Whatever he wore, I don't know what it was. And he was, when he was talking to the people, he was also doing the rosary at another level of his being, <laughs> you know? Oh my so gosh. So, you know, it, it, it can be fun to learn how to do this. And, and I want to just add one caveat here, not only to the prayer about healing, but about decrees, is, of course, you'll, it, they won't work unless they're God's will. So you always say, according to God's holy Adjusted will. Adjust
2: it to the mm-hmm. will of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And, and, your,
3: and your
2: vibration has to be
3: Right. Also. Yeah, the vital can't be misused. I mean, a fallen angel can't take it and and maliciously misuse it. It's not going to work for him.
1: Well, and and when you think about it, there's a level of peace that you acquire when you say, you know, I adjust this to the will of God. Right. It it takes whatever you might be thinking as a human out of the equation. So, okay, I can be at peace now because I know that this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Whatever it is, so thank you.
2: Yeah.
3: And, and that that's sometimes is not easy because I know <laughs> oh. I've prayed for things a lot of times. They don't happen. And In my mind, this was, you know, this is the way to go. This is the thing that should happen. Yeah. And you know it doesn't happen in my time uh, schedule. And so, again, that becomes a trust and a faith. You know, I trust God. Yeah. And even though it's not manifesting exactly as I think it should, quote, unquote, I know he has the best interest of my soul, uh, uh, first and foremost. And if I trust him and call for the will of God, then it will unfold. And we've got about 60 seconds
1: for this one last question. I know I brought this up at the beginning of the last segment. We have the ability, in fact, we have the wherewithal to command angels. And one of the things that we have to remember is that as we're going through whatever we're going through in our lives, the angels are there to assist us. They they have a mandate from on high to, to serve as long as it's a good thing whatever we're going through. So if we're experiencing something that isn't quite as pleasant as we'd like it to be, you can ask the angels maybe to come along and bear it with us and they will to help us. Yeah, to help us.
2: And and if you and if you've and if you ever wondered why you're listening to this program today. <laughs> thank the angels. It's yeah, thank the <laughs> angels. And stay in touch with us. We're at webradio at tsl.org. Webradio at tsl.org. And
1: I have to admit that there are occasions when I don't answer emails immediately. Um nothing personal. <laughs> I'll get to it, I promise. We will, because we answer them as a group, so if you have anything that you want to add to the show, you have an idea as to what you'd like it to, to focus on at some particular point. Or if you have an ever-wondered question that we didn't cover, let us know.
2: Yeah. And what is it you always say at the end of a show, Tom? Well, I say that though the ever, the, the upward
1: climb may be
2: difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this, of this world. world. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.